Welcome to another session with the Market Dominance Guys, a program exploring all the high-stakes speed bumps and off-ramps of driving to the top of your market with our host, Chris Beal from Connect and Sell and Corey Frank from Branch 49. Prepare for another thought-provoking journey as Corey and Chris are joined by special guest Jim Gruff, the CEO and founder of Cascade, a former private equity finance titan turned outreach sales guru. Together, they delve into the concept of Gresham's Law, where bad money drives out good, and apply it to the world of sales. In an era overrun by cheap tricks and impersonal outreach, the MDG team explores how these practices can diminish the value of genuine, high-touch sales. With AI and automation flooding inboxes with repetitive and uninspiring messages, Chris and Corey and Jim examine the phenomenon of how cheap outreach actually drives out the value of good outreach. Join the conversation as they discuss the impact of this shift on the art of selling. Can we reverse this trend? Can we, in fact, perform real conversational alchemy by transforming mundane interactions into genuine, meaningful connections? This episode offers valuable insights into navigating the challenging landscape of modern sales and cold outreach, where authenticity and real dialogue are held at a premium. Don't miss Conversational Alchemy, transforming sales in the age of cheap outreach, as it explores the timeless wisdom of Gresham's Law and its relevance in today's business world. And here we are with another episode of the Market Dominance, guys, as we inch ever closer to episode number 200, Chris. And as always, I'm here with the Sage of Sales, the Prophet of Profit, and the Hawking of Hawking, Chris Beal. Chris, how are you? I'm doing pretty good today. Having fun at the Outreach Unleashed conference the last couple of days. And Hmm? gosh, I'd forgotten how amusing people are when you get them in a big herd like that. They're pretty funny. Well, we're going to talk a little bit about the trends and not the most circuitous route to get to uh, BPO and outsourced sales. We have a very special guest, Jim Groff, CEO and founder of Cascade, K-A-Z-Z, Cascade.com. Jim, welcome to the market dominance, guys. Corey, happy to be here. I really appreciate the invitation. I'm excited. And you are also, for full disclosure, because our attorneys get on this every episode, right, Chris? You are a power user of Connected Cell, just for the listeners, so they absolutely know this was not coerced. You are not being compensated for your appearance in any way, shape, or form. You were somehow enticed, seduced, come on this podcast, and and that's all there is, really, is just the nuggets that come from Chris's words, and that's payment enough, though, as it is for me for the last 15, 20 years. I don't know what it's been, Chris, but anyway, well, let's get right into it. So, Jim, you come from a very different background that Chris has some interesting perspective on. You come from the private equity and financial Mm -hmm. side of the ledger, but yet you own one of the best BPO sales consulting agencies on the marketplace over there in Lake Mary in Florida. So how did a finance guy, what left turn where you should have took a right turn, got (laughs) you into a space like this? Yep. I spent my entire life actually in sales from right out of undergrad and then after grad school. And I worked for some great companies that provided just a great foundational B2B sales. Then after grad school, worked for an investment bank where it's a lot of selling. I mean, investment bankers by definition are kind of glorified real estate agents. But my specific role is what's called an institutional broker. And we would 
help companies raise capital. And I'd work directly with hedge funds on pitching them stocks, putting their portfolio long or short. So it was a constant sales job and a lot of phone sales. So sales has just always been in my DNA. And I always navigated towards sales because the income was always limitless. And it was a great career. I really enjoyed it, but I always had a very entrepreneurial spirit and just want to realize that, look, life's not slowing down. And so I started to look for an organization that I could raise some money and buy. And I came across this kind of at the time, it was just a mom and pop lead gen company in Orlando. And I'm like, man, I didn't even know appointment setting was even a thing. And I'm like, this is crazy because all my life in sales, I've never heard of Bant Qualified. That still blows my mind. We can talk about that. I think that's insane. I was given a territory and it's like, make it happen. So anyways, as I looked at the company, I'm like, this could be really interesting. I think it can add a lot of value here as sales is so core to kind of my profession. And that was eight years ago. And since then, we've really kind of transformed it into a complete SDR as a service. We're more of a business process outsourcing where we bring the full stack from helping identify what is your ICP, any marketing around that, email copy, the whole tech stack. And that's where Chris and Connect and Sell are a key component. Huge believers in using the phone. Matter of fact, at times we've actually thought about pulling the email component because a good portion of all the engagement we get and appointments we actually deliver for our clients is all via phone. But anyway, so we bring that whole tech stack, build out cadences, and then of course it's technology, but then it's really the talent. And who is that SDR that's going to steer that ship and execute those phone calls, respond to any emails, do it at scale, do it professionally, do it well. And it's been a great pivot so far. We're very blessed that we have plenty of work. Well, Chris also comes and has deep experience from that private equity venture world. And he has also reformed from that side of the ledger and decided to help and augment, certainly in the arms dealing business, the weapons business of helping amplify the power of the phone. So Chris, you've worked with and collaborated with and argued and debated with guys like Jim when he was in the other side of the fence there. So what do you think of that? What do you think about a guy who's actually reformed from the VC venture world and realizing, hey, I've been in sales and now I've got to jump in and I have all this mass, this experiences. I can help other people doing what I've been doing in my own practice day after day. I mean, ultimately, all of this is both constrained by and energized by money, right? That's kind of how it works. I mean, it's the magic of the fungible and the liquid and the leverageable. And so what's so interesting to me, and this is actually why I jumped into Connect and Sell, is that when I first saw that particular product, I didn't see it. I was just told about it by a person that I was obliged to believe because you if you fail to believe Sean McLaren when he's speaking with you at 6.30 in the morning at the Rosewood Hotel, you're just going to fail in general in life. So I went ahead and believed him. And to me, it was like, wow, we always talk about printing money. And in business, in B2B, conversations are truly money. That is, you have to hold them reasonably well. But they are, if you can make conversations liquid, if you can make them reasonably fungible, which is what Jim's organization does actually is like, we can do it. You don't have to do it. That's fungibility. And you can make them leverageable. So you get more than what you put in, you get out. And so now you get a compounding effect. You can actually do magic with conversations the same way that folks in, in venture and VC and private equity and hedge funds do it with money. And I've always said conversations are the other currency in business. It's just mm -hmm. the one that you feel like you can only print it at a certain rate. It's like in the old days, right? You had 
Okay, well, what made a good currency? Well, limited supply. Gold was pretty good. Very yeah. limited supply of gold. It's hard to make more of it. A lot of alchemists came along and said, I can do this, right? But it turned out they were not doing it correctly. And Isaac Newton, fellow physicist, he controlled the mint in England. And why would you put a physicist in control or a mathematician in control of the mint? Well, because you want to make sure that what gets in there is real, right? And that's kind of like the business of knowing what's real and what's not. I feel the same way about conversations, that what we're doing is we're saying, can I do conversational alchemy? Can I make real conversations flow at an unnatural rate as though I was turning lead into gold? That's what's so interesting. And we've been trying to work with folks, as you know, Corey, in the appointment setting, lead gen, outsource sales, whatever space for years. And we always have ended up in a business model conflict with them early and sometimes forever because what they are selling is predicated on scarcity of conversations. And their whole pricing model is predicated on flow rates of conversations that don't exceed one or two per hour per rep. And therefore their business model is whatever it happens to be. It's by the meeting or it's by the whatever it happens to be. And it really takes a special kind of business mind to look at 8x, 9x, 10x flow rate increases in conversations and say, we will adapt our business model to that and go dominate, which is what Jim and, yep. and his firm are doing. You know, you feel, I mean, is that, does that make sense to you? That totally. As a matter of fact, you said something about conversations having a compounding effect. The name Cascade, the actual, the reason it's Cascade is that that light bulb went off many years ago. And I'm like, look, here's the deal. Because w- when we were doing lead gen, this is a lead, that's a lead. Here's a PDF, call Bill. And it ultimately dawned on me, there's nothing more valuable than actually just doing this, period, hard stop. And that every conversation actually has a cascading effect. And these aren't just like a widget, like here's a profile of a guy, his LinkedIn address and his email as a lead. And that's where we actually named the company, it's it's Cascade, because what we deliver has cascading effects for every business and for ourselves. And so I was telling Corey the other day when we were talking, we have some interesting tech and in how we deliver our product, but it's really the tech stack and connect and sell, which are key components where we spend an inordinate amount of our time is the training of individuals to have conversations like an inordinate, because as you know, you just have so little time, but it's really that lever that really can kind of make a great rep out of a good rep. And what's funny is you talk about scarcity. They're only, especially with AI and everyone, the biggest buzzword going on, AI this, AI that, they're going to grow in value. And we see it just in our ASPs. I mean, when I took over, I think our ASP was like 550 bucks. Now we've got a different pricing model, but if we hit our benchmarks, it's more like 1400. And that's just been a steady, why? To your point, these are harder to come by and you've got to make the most of them. And that's kind of why I get excited. I don't see it going away ever. I mean, I could go on a diatribe how today's world, people feeling more isolated. It's They're just going to continue to grow in importance. And it's funny, when we bring people on, I actually tell them, I'm like, look, here's the deal. You are going to be trained on skills. But I'm just seeing in, in four years, either you're an engineer, you're creating something, or you're you're interfacing with a client. Everything else, it's gone. Don't need it. Don't need it. And so... The skills that we are training with the people that we hire for an SDR, they see that and they understand that. 
it's a huge opportunity for them. But I really believe it. I didn't come up with this. I think it was some author like Adam Grant or somebody said it. In the not too distant future, it's going to be critical thinking, collaboration, creativity. There was another one. But outside of those skills with AI, you better have those skills. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's kind of funny. I'm an old programmer. And we had a thing just happen yesterday in our company. It was kind of funny. It was kind of funny in a tragic way, but we got around the tragedy. And that was some data that should still be in Salesforce had inadvertently been undone and wasn't there anymore. We'll be back in a moment after a quick break. Connect and sell. Welcome to the end of dialing as you know it. Connect and Sell's patented technology loads your best sales folks up with eight to 10 times more live qualified conversations every day. And when we say qualified, we're talking about really qualified, like knowing what kind of cheese they like on their impossible Whopper kind of qualified. Learn more at connectandsell.com. And we're back with Corey and Chris. And so this is an AI story. And so I went back through 1,500 emails and found the 56 of them that contained that data, but simply as a web page in an email. Copied and pasted those into Excel files, one tab per, and sent it off to the one and only Tom Zhang, who's been a guest on our show. He's our data concierge, and I work with him a couple hours a day in the data. And here's the AI part. This is why normally you'd say, okay, so the skill it takes to take this weird random stuff and extract a little mini table out of the middle of it over 50 something tabs and produce one beautiful piece of output that I can send to somebody who might be an investment banker or something like that about what's happened. Yeah. That would be a skill that would be in Tom's memory as a programmer. Yeah. So what did he do? I'm on my way to the eye doctor. I give him this assignment. I get to the eye doctor 22 minutes later, call him up. How's it going? He says, I just had chat GPT write <laughs> the Python script that will take all of this stuff and turn it into what we need. I'm yeah. testing it right now. This is 22 minutes on the clock. I'm testing it. Wow. right now, And I think it'll be done in 15 to 20 minutes. How long is your appointment? So the idea that you got a bunch of stuff in your head that you can dredge out and as a programmer, you kind of think I've got these tricks up my sleeve. They're not really there. Same thing with business analysis. I took ChatGPT for a little ride one day and just took some spreadsheets that described our costs, our true deep costs, agent navigation time and a bunch of stuff like that. Our two kinds of contracts, connect on target reach, connect on live voice, what we charge for them and how customers receive ROI. And I asked ChatGPT, to build me a pricing model that would balance my customer's ROI with our desire to hit certain margin. Wow. That's it did it for me through about an hour and a half of interaction that one, I wouldn't have been able to do myself. I could have done it in spreadsheets and stuff like that, but it would have taken me two weeks and I get interrupted 30,000 times in two weeks. So it wouldn't have happened. And it was just a fun Saturday just saying, no, no, no. What I meant was, that's yep. $7 an hour, not $7 a minute. I misspoke. And it goes, oh, yes, thank you so much for clarifying that. And it gives me a complete analysis. I said, please put that in this form, put it in this form, put it in this form. It analyzed the business and gave me a better pricing model. 
So if you think that your skills are these technical skills that other than critical thinking, and I would break that down, by the way, anybody wants to do critical thinking, you got to understand set theory. You've got to understand survivorship bias. These things will not jump out of the AI. It's interpretive critical thinking around what these fantastic tools can do. And it's knowing when you can use, when is it okay? And when's that damn thing hallucinating? Right, right, right. Kind of of jump in, but I agree with you a thousand percent. We have somebody we work with, her name is Cheryl Turner. Cheryl Turner is the master of the cold call micro pivot. We listen to her because what she does is somebody says X, right? And she's always inside the script, but her timing, the little chuckle, being genuinely amazed, whatever it happens to be. My wife and I spent hours one day listening to her as my wife, Helen, was preparing to embark on her career as a cold caller using Connect and Sell, which she did for one hour and has never done it since. And she said, greatest weight loss program in history. And But she also said this, all my research was a waste, which is yeah. similar to all that stuff in your head's a waste. All my research was a waste. All I needed to know was I was talking to another human being. I pushed a button and had the undivided attention of another person a person who could mean something to my business and vice versa. I had no idea there was such power. And we've been together for three years. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, it's funny when we get into the training and the way we break it down, there's selling skills and there's product knowledge. But when you get into the selling skills, it's so funny. You have the script and all that, but it really is, you got to talk it. And I use the example of a movie and who your favorite actor is and how, look, they have a script, right? But he's not reading it. And you got to be the same way and it's tonality and it's active listening. And the more human it is, it really, it's just the more authentic it is. And we have this gal who started with us in July with no background, no background in sales and no technical background. We have a lot of, a lot of our enterprise clients are leading tech companies. So this gal, we're going over basics, like what the cloud is. I'm just like, oh Lord, but she is so authentic. And what she calls she has such genuine excitement about the fact that this cloud provider can lower infrastructure costs by X percent. And she says it with such honesty and kind of like a pure, authentic naivete that the prospect is like, tell me more. Well, let me tell you, Chris. And it's only because it's authentic. She's just genuinely that positive all the time. It's just her demeanor. And I coach these guys about this and there's nothing magical because you get other sales guys who have a bit of an ego and I'm going to close more of this and that, which is awesome. I love it. I get it. But there's a part of you got to be able to communicate that you truly believe you can help the person and be real. You got to be in the moment. If they ask you a question, just pause and think about it and then answer. But be honest. If you don't know the answer, say you don't know. You start spinning off in the space, trying to come up with something about the product that you don't know much about. You're just, it's gone. It's gone. But it's uh, that same thing, Jim, as you had mentioning, as you were mentioning, try to do that same level of insistent mindset, authenticity in an email. And I think you had said something interesting. I'd love to get Chris's opinion on this, especially coming from Unleash, the conference up there in Seattle. But you'd mentioned that you're thinking of pulling back on email as part of one of the channels that Cascade does. Why, how come? And then Chris, does that mesh with some of the things that you've learned from Unleashed this week? Certainly the things that we've taught on this podcast for many years. 
So first of all, it's just as simple as about 85% of our engagement and production is a result of a conversation. So it's either our guys are able to actually set up a follow-up call with our client or actually set a time where they will have the discovery call. But the majority of that, and it's more than half, is truly close to like 80% is via the phone. Second thing is, look, we use ChatGPT. And as Chris was saying, at this point, it's really about the prompts. And I tell our clients, for me telling you we use ChatGPT is like me saying we use Google. Like it's, it's out there. Everyone uses it. It's really how good are you at prompting. And we're at like kind of the fifth iteration of our prompting for generating email copy. And even then, it's really AI assisted. We still have a copywriter kind of audit it. The subject lines are just cheesy, whatever. But I'm sitting here, I'm like, well, if we're doing this, everyone's doing this. The amount of content marketing <laughs> and email marketing is just going to explode. If it hasn't already, it's kind of been like that. And so the only reason we haven't pulled it is we do have some of our SDRs and this is more empirical. I don't know a way to quantify it. When they're talking to a prospect, he or she will actually reference, oh, yes, you've been, I know you've reached out a couple of times via email. What's going on? I don't know if it's a trend yet. It's more just data points, but that's just some empirical evidence. So we haven't pulled it yet. Honestly, also clients, they love to hear about this exotic cadence of X amount of touch points, email and phone. But in the back of my head, I'm like, I'm just telling you, it's predominantly the phone, but I'm glad you like all these elegantly crafted, personalized email messaging. So that's why we've debated internally a couple of times. Chris, what's been the trends up there in Unleashed with all the smart kids? Rolling yeah, it was pretty interesting. Well, for one thing, my buddy Tito Bort was there and Tito is like the straightest of the straight shooters, right? It's a South American thing, I think. So I asked him, I said, Tito, what's going on? We're just standing around the first evening. What's going on with email? he says, oh, simple. One year ago, 72 emails to get a response. Now, 205. Wow. I said, well, doesn't that mean you have to have three times as many SDRs to get the job done? Or you just have to use bots and hope nobody cares about your sincerity? And he says, yep, that's it. And I just come right back to going around and, and listening to people at the conference and talking with Jerry Hill, who was there, and James Townsend was there, came out for it. It's like, what did everybody think? think who is kind of thinks somewhat like we do. And that is in the face of tricks, they're trying to invent more tricks, <laughs> right? It's like yeah, these cheap yeah, tricks yeah. Yeah. and what the theme was of this particular conference. And I'm not saying this in a negative way. I'm just observing is everybody said, well, if it's gotten hard because everybody else is using AI, you need to use AI better. And that strikes me as just me as absurd because of the Agreed. scarcity question, right? It comes right. down to this. Gresham's law of money says bad money drives out good. Bad money means counterfeit money and drives out means good money goes under the mattress when bad money's in circulation because you don't want your good money to go out there and circulate with the bad money because it becomes worth less, right? You hang on and that's when a whole bunch of interesting things happen. Prices tend to go crazy when there's a lot of bad money floating around. And some people think the government printing lots of money is a form of bad money, right? It reduces the scarcity value of the money that you have when they print more of it. Well, there's an equivalent law, and I'm not Gresham, and nobody else made it, so I'll call it Buell's second law of something or other, which is 
that cheap outreach drives up the value of expensive outreach. Selling a big idea to a skeptical customer, investor, or partner is one of the hardest jobs in business. So when it's time to really go big, you need to use an uncommon methodology to gain attention, frame your thoughts, and employ a successful sequencing that is fresh enough to convince others that your ideas will truly change their world. From crafting just the right cold call screenplays to curating and mapping the ideal call list for your entire TAM, Branch 49's modern and innovative sales toolbox offers a guiding hand to ambitious organizations in their quest to reach market dominance. Learn more at branch49.com. Never miss an episode. Go to any of your favorite podcast venues and search for Market Dominance Guys or go to marketdominanceguys.com and subscribe. Subscribe.